We are so excited. This is our 20th episode. We are so thankful to each and every one of you who listen to Awakening the Sleeping Giant every week. Please share this podcast uh, with others that you feel would find value in what is shared here. Uh, So today we are going to continue talking about money when it comes to those who should be paid in the church. Last week's episode hit on that subject and this week we're going to dive a little bit deeper into what that might actually look like uh, for those in ministry to be getting paid. So let's get into it. It's important for us to understand that the Bible shares several different thoughts on who should be paid in scripture and how they should be paid. And so what I first want to look at is is some scripture and then we'll kind of go into a discussion. We're first going to look at 1 Corinthians 9. What Paul is teaching here is something that the Lord actually commands. We look at 1 Corinthians 9 verse 13 and 14. It says, don't you know that those who serve in the temple get their food from the temple and that those who serve at the altar share in what is offered on the altar? In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. So that is very clear that the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. So there are several ways that we can look at this, some practical ways for those that preach the gospel. And so really here, it is referring to evangelists or those who are out evangelizing, preaching the gospel. There's a couple ways. One way is that, you know, an evangelist or a church could hire an evangelist or hire uh, people who are preaching the gospel on a regular basis. But we don't really find any evidence of any sort of like hired staff position at a church or, or like a salary. What we find is that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel, just like um, those that served in the temple, they got their share of the temple food and those that um, you know served at the altar got their share of what was offered. So in the same way, those that preach the gospel should receive whatever is given during that time of preaching you know and and so that might be look like what we would call that today maybe would be like a love fund offering or something like that somebody's coming in to preach the gospel and we are taking up an offering for this person understanding that this is how this person makes their living is by preaching the gospel. And so that could be somebody from outside of your local body church, or it could be anybody within your local body church that has been asked to preach the gospel or has been called to preach the gospel. And this could be full-time or not full-time. Really, it more is revolving around those that preach the gospel. So when they preach the gospel, they should receive their living from it. And so if somebody's doing it full-time, that's how they're earning their living and they should be be paid accordingly. And, And so that is one way that we could do that. Another way, you know, is for an evangelist to go out and start his or her own parachurch ministry. Um, and do some fundraising and kind of set a budget aside for their salary. But we don't find that in scripture 
either. We don't find any sort of fundraising in the New Testament. It is not a New Testament principle. We do not find um, evangelists going out and starting their own ministry. They are part of the church. Um, and so although we could do that, I don't suggest it. I don't suggest that evangelists go out and start their own ministry, you know, in charge to go preach, right? I believe that what we find in scripture is that the church is responsible for paying that evangelist's salary. Well, not salary, but living. You know, so they're, because a salary is something that like you're relying on and you get whether you're preaching it or not. And, and that really kind of takes away from you know, trusting in the Lord. And so rather than having a salary, it is hey, we are going to pay you when you go preach the gospel, whether it's here or elsewhere. We, as your local sending church, we are going to support you in that. And I do not mean church as the organization, as you would understand. And once you read my book, Awakening the Sleeping Giant, I'm talking about the church as in the local body of believers. Okay, so again, we go back, there's an option, but what we find is that the church is really supporting those who preach the gospel so they can earn their living by preaching the gospel so they can go out and do it. Because not all people are called to go preach the gospel full time or go out and preach the gospel. We are all called to share the gospel, but not all of us are called to preach it. And so Paul never charged. And so we should not feel like we have to charge you know, to share the gospel. The gospel is free. However, the church should understand that it is the Lord's command that the church makes sure that those that are preaching the gospel are receiving their living from doing that. So that's, that's one thought on how evangelists especially can be getting paid to do their ministry. We are going to look at 1 Corinthians 16. So here we have Paul talking to the church in Corinth, um, and he is talking about taking up a collection. So we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 16 uh, verses 1 through 3. So now about the collection for the Lord's people. Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Then when I arrive, I will give letters of introduction to the men you approve and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. So here, what you actually find is that other churches that are, you know, doing okay financially are actually supporting other churches in Jerusalem that are struggling. So Paul comes and he doesn't even ask for money. He basically tells them what to do. He says, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. So it's important for us to understand that this is a foundational teaching that Paul taught to the churches he planted. And that foundational teaching is individual churches are responsible for supporting other churches, therefore supporting others in ministry in other churches also. So it is a command from Jesus that we just read in 1 Corinthians 9. In 1 Corinthians 16, we find that it is a command that Paul gave all of the churches, like set aside a certain amount of money so I can come and take that so I don't even have to ask for it. 
I can just come and take it, bring it and disperse it to the churches in need. So that is another way that we that are serving in ministry full time can receive our living. Again, it points back to the church. It is the church's responsibility to support those in full-time ministry, right? So not only is it our responsibility to support those within our local church, if we are doing well financially as a local church, it is also our responsibility to support those outside of our local church who may be connected to another church to help support them financially. So there we see it again. It is the church's responsibility, not the individual's responsibility to support themselves. So let's look at first. Timothy 5. And here we find talking about the elders. So when we looked at 1 Corinthians 9, that was really you know, specifically referring to those that preach the gospel. So either the evangelist, you know, the gift of the evangelist, or those that preach the gospel evangelizing, right? So they may not necessarily have the gift of the evangelist, but they're still out there evangelizing on a regular basis. And the second one, what we saw was that the church is responsible for supporting other churches financially. Here, what we find in 1 Timothy 5 is referring to the elders. Now, the elders in scripture are the leaders of the church, right? And if you look at Ephesians 4, we know that the leaders of the church are the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. That's who should be the elders of the church. So the elders are those leading the church. So how many of your churches pay your elders? Yeah, I bet not very many of you, if any of you at all. Most of you are only paying your pastor. That is not biblical. We do not find that anywhere in scripture that the pastor should be paid and nobody else should be paid. So here we find in 1 Timothy 5, chapter 7, or verse 17, through the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those who work is preaching and teaching. For scripture says, do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain, and the worker deserves his honor wages. Okay, so it's important for us to understand here that in in biblical terminology and in the original language, worthy of double honor is referring to money. It is referring to finances. Essentially, this verse is saying the leaders of the church who are directing the church well are worthy to get paid doubly of what they would otherwise. That's crazy right? Especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. Notice it does not say whose work is shepherding, whose work is preaching and teaching. That is very interesting. We in North America, we are paying our shepherds when it does not teach us in scripture to pay our shepherds. It teaches us to pray though, pay those that are preaching and teaching, okay? So now because pastors are included in the eldership, they, they are to be paid. But above all, those whose work is preaching and teaching should be the ones that are receiving money for sure for what they're doing. For it says, do not muzzle the ox while it's treading out his grain. But that means what you do is like you don't expect somebody to serve in the ministry and preach and teach without 
paying them to do it because they need to eat also. You don't you don't expect them to work and, and not eat. What we need to look at there is, well, where does that money come from? Again, the money comes from the church, the body of believers. So elders and especially preachers and teachers need to be receiving financial income from the church. So this is Jesus speaking. Uh, and Jesus says, and, and this is Matthew 19, verse 29. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. Okay, so that verse is talking about today while we're here on earth, they receive a hundred times as much, right? That is talking about here on earth and will inherit eternal life. That's about what's going to happen eternally, right? After we die and after we, we come back to life when Jesus returns. Okay, so here we learn that Anyone who has left houses, so basically anyone who dies to selves and gives up their entire life to go serve Jesus will receive a hundred times as much and inherit eternal life. So what that tells me is that God is faithful and he will make sure that this verse is true whether the church does their job or not. If the church doesn't step up and do their job and support those in ministry full-time like they're supposed to, God will do that. It, it could mean money. It could mean housing. It could mean relationships. Uh, it, it, all kinds of sorts of things. And I have stories after story that I could tell you uh, of how that could be, you know, understood. So it is very clear that the expectation of our Lord is that those serving in ministry should be paid for the work they are doing. Doing. And and I think we have to look at the structure of our church and, and think about why we do things the way we do. Why are we only paying the pastor? Why is a pastor on a, pastor on a salary, right? Let's ask ourselves these questions. Is a salary healthy? And I would say, no, a salary is not healthy. So here are some suggestions that I have uh, for us to take moving forward. If, if you are a church and, you know, you are paying, you know, people within your church, you know, a salary, remove that salary, remove it and pay them based on the work they do every week. Take up a weekly offering and that's what they live on and, and teach your church that that is our responsibility, right? It, it's, it, it was a separate offering that Paul asked for to support other churches and, and other work. We need to be taking up a separate offering to cover paying the person who preached that day, right? Whether it's, you know, it might be the same person, you no, know, every week for 10 weeks. That's fine. It might be the same person every week for 52 weeks, and that's fine too. But what that does is, is it, it teaches the church to pay them for the work that they've done. And that way, anybody that comes in and, and preaches and teaches that day, they are receiving whatever is brought in that day, right? There's no setup. Amount. I know a lot of churches have a set amount. At least this is what I've gotten. Anytime I go in and preach somewhere, the church pays $500 for outside speakers to come in. Get rid of that set amount and only pay them what is brought in that day. If it's $100, then it's $100. If it's $10,000, then it's $10,000 because we are trusting the Lord, not ourselves. And
then when we start putting salaries in place, you know, and like, oh, okay, we're just going to pay $500 for outside speakers. We're actually not relying on the Lord. We're relying on a system and we're trusting ourselves. We just got to trust that the Lord is going to provide what he provides. And so that's really what I suggest we do really with all ministry that's connected specifically to the church, like the local church. Now we do have to look outside of that because there are people outside of the, uh, you know, not outside of the local church, but they're not a uh, quote unquote working for the church. Maybe they're not preaching at the church every Sunday or you knows explicitly involved in something that local church is doing, but they are in ministry full time, you know, um, I'm a perfect example of that, you know, and I'm, I, I'm connected to a local uh, church here in Michigan and I'm involved with some things there, but I'm not, I'm not doing anything at that church, you know, like preaching or teaching right now, but I am doing that outside of their full time. It's what my focus is. It's what I do. And so really what the Bible is teaching is even people like that should be receiving income for what they're doing. And and my suggestion there would be, first of all, the, the local church that they're connected to, you know, they should know that, you know, that's what they're doing, you know, in the local church I'm connected to does, right? They, sh- they should know that, hey, this person is in ministry full time. This is what they do. And they should be supporting them financially. But also this goes beyond the local church really to more like the regional church and outside relationships that we have with other believers who who know us personally, who know our ministry and support our ministry, they should be supporting that financially also. And that is not something we should have to ask for. In fact, Paul says that he doesn't ask for it because it's a burden on other people. And I will tell you that it is a burden. Not only is it a burden to ask other people for money, it's a burden on the one asking. And that should not be the case. We, you know, those of us who are in full-time ministry should never have to ask for money. The only reason we have to do that is because we have not been teaching the church that it's their responsibility to do that. And, and so it's an interesting thing because we live in a society where we are taught fundraising, we are taught all of this stuff. I did an interesting study in 2016 on fundraising because I was looking into uh, partnering with a couple um, different outside uh, mission organizations, you know, and they wanted some fundraising done and this and that. So I actually did research. I, I wrote a paper on it. I can't figure out where it went, but essentially back in 2016, uh, the average income of a missionary was $36,000 a year. And that is not including insurance and anything else, right? Average mission organization expect every missionary to spend the first one to two years raising funds and they need 100% of their funds raised before they can go out into the field. So if they're spending two years raising funds, they need to raise two years worth of funds before they can go out. So we'll just take the $36,000 and that's just like personal income just for living expenses. We'll take that. That is $72,000 that the missionary has to raise before they can even step foot in the field, okay? The average missionary spends roughly five years in the field. That includes the fundraising, right? So they're, they're typically a missionary for roughly five years. So they're spending two years raising funds. They typically on average spend three years actually in the field. Okay. So when you break all of that down, right, when you look at 
how much they make, how much time they're spending raising funds, how much time they're spending maintaining those funds and relationships, and how much time they're spending on furlough you know, to get new supporters or share information with their supporters. The average missionary spends 60% of their time raising and maintaining funds. And 40% of their time is actually spent doing the work. So think about this. On average, for every dollar a missionary receives, 60 cents of that dollar is being used to get you to give them another dollar. That doesn't make any sense. And that is because the church is not doing their job. Because I looked at the church and broke it down based on, in 2016, based on the number of Christian churches in the United States, the number of people that claim to be Christian, broke that down uh, with the average salary of the missionary, and, and I broke it all down. And based on that $36,000 for every 100 people in a church for roughly $22 a month per person, one church could fully support a missionary for every 100 people. So that means if you have a church of 500, your church could literally fully support five missionaries at $22 a month per person. That, that eliminates the missionaries need to raise money, which automatically takes two years off of their fundraising and puts two years right back into the actual work, right? It, it removes their need to maintain funding and find new funding because you're supporting them. And then when they come back, they don't have to take a six month furlough to raise money. They just have to come back and share with you guys what's going on. But maybe not even that because you're keeping in touch because there's those relationships going on. So the missionary can actually come back and do what a furlough is meant to be for and rest. And that is because we as the church have not been doing our job when it comes to supporting those in ministry. And I've got to get better at that myself. But my my point is, is that those that have been called to serve in the ministry should not be struggling financially, should not need to ask for money, and the church should be the ones that are supporting their living, period. We don't find it any other place in scripture. When we, when, when Paul says that he was making tents, he was making tents for a very specific purpose to a very specific people. It wasn't what he did on a regular basis. He was supported by individuals or by the church to do his work. And so that is our job to support those who we support. If we if we support their work, if we believe in their work, we should be supporting them financially. So I wanna challenge everybody, if you know somebody in ministry, whether they're a pastor, whether they're a missionary, whether they're a local person like myself, you know, who is just in ministry full-time, you know, doing different things, I want to challenge you to support them financially. And, and actually last week, like we were blessed huge by um, a family that knows us and they support our work and they heard our podcast and they were convicted and, and they sent us money to support us so we can continue doing our work because we have, we have a family, right? We have food to eat. We have bills to pay. Like we have, you know, vacations we want to go on just like everybody else. And we can't live our life and do ministry if 
that income's not coming in, as is the pastor or anybody else doing ministry. So I want to challenge you. Ask the Lord, who in your life do you know that you know is doing ministry full-time or maybe three-quarter time, but they're doing it. They're spending a lot of time and effort doing it, and they're probably not getting paid. And ask the Lord how he wants you to support them. How much does he want you to support them? Does he want you to support them with a a, a large one-time gift? Does he want you to support them on a, on a regular basis? So what does that look like for, for you personally? That is something we are called to do as the church. We need to make sure that those within our local church, our regional church that are in ministry, they're getting paid to do it. There's no reason they should be struggling financially. There's no reason they should not be getting paid. There's no reason they should have a second job. Uh, it's This is the most important work a person can do. And if they have been called to do it full time, there is no reason the church should not be willing to support their income and and support their their livelihood for what they're doing. If you feel God is calling you to support somebody that you know in ministry, call them up. Call them up tonight and be like, hey, I was listening to this podcast, Awakening the Sleeping Giant, and the Lord just really convicted me. He brought you to my mind. And we want to help support you guys financially so you can continue doing your ministry. What is that? Let's have dinner and talk about what that could look like. And and just a suggestion, don't ask them how much money they need. Don't ask them what would be helpful. Guys, anything would be helpful. A missionary is not going to tell you that. They're going to tell you less than what they really need, but they are not going to tell you what their true needs are. Ask the Lord how much to support them with and support them with that. Listen to the Lord. He will honor that. I promise you, he will honor that. Thank you guys for listening so much. If you have any questions, do not hesitate to reach out. Shoot me an email at madetheexchange at gmail.com. You can check out our website, uh, www.madetheexchange.com. Um, there's all kinds of information there, different events coming up. Um, please do not hesitate to reach out. If you have questions specifically about finances and money and how, how does this work and you know maybe some specific uh, things you wanted more clarification on, I'd be more than happy to talk to you about that. Shoot me a message. Give me a phone call. If you're local, let's meet for coffee. I'd love to have a conversation. So, all right, guys, until next time.